praise the name of the Lord. I want to thank the Lord for each and everybody that is tuning in and even those that are following our podcast, our radio and other platforms in order to listen to us and we, we don't take it for granted but we pray that the spirit of the Lord may continue to work himself mightily in you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am Pastor Dennis uh, from Freedom Experience Ministry that is in Uganda and uh, this is the Freedom Streams program whereby we bring you Christ in his word as life imparted as grace enjoyed and even a light shining truth realized. We want to take the word of God in a living way. We have been talking about series we have taught series of teachings uh, concerning triune God. We began with the God the Father. We saw whatever we need to know about his New Testament plan. And uh, of recent, we began the second season of Christ. Christ, and we've been talking about his person. Now, when we have been uh, in those, uh, we have we have seen the previous episodes. Many, uh, some of the aspects of Christ in the Godhead and uh, we still continue over the same to to speak more and to talk more about this God uh, the Christ in his Godhead and uh, went through uh, up to six uh, aspects and this is now going to be seven this is episode five in the second season and I trust God that you keep with us you are going to enjoy more of the light in the word in Jesus' mighty name now allow me to right away continue uh, because we need to see in detail we need to see uh, what this Christ is all about glory to God we have been seeing that this Christ has become uh, we, we ended by seeing that he is the word of God. Now we want to continue to see that he is also life-giving spirit. And uh, here we have First Corinthians chapter 15 verses 45 that uh, says that the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Now something happened uh, after resurrection whereby Christ undoubtedly undoubtedly uh, undoubtedly see that uh, he is the last Adam and uh, this Christ uh, that was in the flesh is now the last Adam he has now become the life giving spirit through the process of resurrection and we have seen that 1 Corinthians 15 deals with resurrection when you read the entire chapter because Christ as the last Adam became the life giving spirit through resurrection he is now life-giving spirit. He has become spirit that gives life. And according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, scripture has told us that first man, Adam, became a living soul and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Now, Adam became a living soul through creation with a soulish body. Remember, God came and formed man and uh, he breathed into him. He became a living soul. So, Adam, the first Adam, possessed a soulish body. 
Christ became a life-giving spirit through resurrection with a spiritual body. In Christ resurrected, he formed for even as a spiritual body. And Adam, as a living soul, is natural. But Christ, as a living, a life-giving spirit, is resurrected. It's not natural. He's resurrected. And first we see that in incarnation, became flesh for the purpose of redeeming us that is for redemption when you read the book of John chapter 1 verse 14 the Bible says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us we beheld his glory see and afterwards after he became flesh scripture goes on to tell us uh, in the book of John chapter 1 verses 29 became also that lamb that washes away our sins. That is for redemption. Now, we see that afterwards he comes in resurrection, became a life-giving spirit now for imparting life. Because he wouldn't impart life when he's still in the flesh. But after resurrection, he possesses the resurrection life. He has a spiritual body. is now able to impart life. Remember the Bible says in John chapter 10 verse 10 that uh, the, th- the thief comes not to steal, to kill, to destroy. But I have, I have come that they may have the life and have it in abundance. He prays the name of Jesus. So as a life-giving spirit in resurrection, he is ready. He is so much ready to be received by his believers. We receive him. We received him. We receive him daily in our daily life as life giving spirit he gives life to our soulish to our souls and our body he gives life to everything that we we that pertains us because he is the life giving spirit and when when we believe into him he enters our spirit and we are joined to him as the life giving spirit to become one spirit with him now, this is one of the most powerful statements that book of 1 Corinthians 6.17 mentions. Now in this way, our spirit is made alive and resurrected with him. When you come to Acts chapter 2 verse 17 and even verse 21, it indicates that if we call on the name of the Lord Jesus, we shall receive a spirit. Now this is not a one-time uh, thing, but even now, even every morning, every afternoon, you say, Oh Lord Jesus, you receive the Spirit in your day to day life, in your uh, daily life. The Spirit comes as your portion with the life of God. So, this is a matter uh, not of doctrine but of experience. In other words, we are not, not just teaching about it we are to leave it out that if you call the name Jesus no matter when he is going to come as spirit in every aspect of your life to give it life if you consider your experience you will realize that when you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ you called on him and you received him you received the spirit very few Christians have been have seen that Christ in resurrection is the life-giving spirit. And some who lack proper spiritual vision, even 
oppose even when, when we say that Jesus is the life giving spirit and say no Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit and Jesus is Jesus now Christ in the scripture is the last Adam and the Bible said he became a life giving spirit and one of the writers uh, uh, called Andrew Murray he understood something when you read in his uh, concordance and even in his commentary you find that he wrote about this and in his piece that he wrote says the spirit of Christ now this is entitled the spirit of the glorified Jesus the spirit of the glorified Jesus is actually the Lord himself in resurrection and in glory you see when he entered into resurrection he became a spirit who gives life this life giving spirit is the essence to germinate a new creation he became the life-giving spirit that may produce, create a new creation. The germinating uh, element of the new creation is the resurrected Christ as the life-giving spirit. We cannot be part of the new creation until this life-giving spirit, Christ, has entered into us to cause us to germinate. Now, when you go back to traditional theology, they oppose the truth that Christ has become the life-giving spirit. Now, in their opinion of uh, some, uh, this, they become heretical. And it is a truth found in the depth of the word of God. You cannot do away with 1 Corinthians 15.45. It is a great verse. The spirit in this verse is actually nothing less than Christ, the triune God in resurrection. So the life-giving spirit is the processed triune God. God has passed through the process of incarnation, crucifixion, and resurrection. Now in resurrection, he is the life essence. His core is life. In order to germinate the new creation. Because the old creation had fallen, he had to create a new one. But in this time, he had to become a spirit that enters into them. So we have become the new creation dominated by Christ as the life-giving spirit. And no matter how much you oppose this truth, Christ is the life-giving spirit. And uh, this is what 1 Corinthians 15 is all about. Praise the name of Jesus. So, you see that a, a life-giving spirit, not the life-giving spirit. So, we see that the crucial matter here is not uh, is not whether the uh, someone is calling the life-giving spirit or a life-giving spirit. But what is more important is that life-giving. The spirit is life-giving. Christ in his resurrection became a spirit that gives that divine life, eternal life. Now, we are not saying that there are two spirits who gave the divine life. Because someone will say the Holy Spirit and the life-giving spirit. No, no, no. That is heretical. We cannot say the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit and the life-giving Spirit is the life-giving Spirit. No. It's something you need to know. So, you cannot say that there are two life-giving Spirits, the Holy Spirit and... Uh, we cannot say that there are two Spirits who give life. It is one Spirit. And we need to know how it comes about. And according to the divine revelation in the Scripture, to say that Christ, the last Adam, became 
life-giving spirit, it is true. And to say that the last Adam became the life-giving spirit is similar to saying, according to John 1.14, remember the Bible says the word became flesh. So if the word that was eternal became flesh, what about when Jesus, after resurrection, becomes spirit? You understand now? So, there is no article they are flesh, but uh, uh, there is no article before the word flesh. The Bible says that the word became flesh, not a flesh or the flesh. Because that would make a difference in the verse. The word became flesh, not the flesh. So, flesh or the flesh might mean the same. But in the same principle, the lack of the find that this article or a flesh or the flesh is important. But when we come to 1 Corinthians 15.45, we see that the, 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 the vital matter is the life-giving spirit. Meaning that in the Godhead, Christ is the life-giving spirit. And I want to talk about the first part here in resurrection as our part A. Now, it is in resurrection that Christ is the life-giving spirit. It is only in the resurrection. And the Bible says in John chapter 20, verse 22, Remember, they were enclosed in the room, and he appears unto them. Bible says, because of fear, they were in that room. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and says unto them, Receive the Holy Ghost. The one that has resurrected is able to give out the Spirit. So we see that on the day of his resurrection, the resurrected Christ breathed on the disciples, said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So we see that by breathing the Spirit into the disciples, the Lord imparted himself as life and everything to them essentially. Essentially, I talk about that uh, when he entered them, he was life to them. Was life to them inside them. But they needed the Holy Spirit's power to come upon them. That's why they had the Acts chapter 2 experience. So, John, you see that the, the Lord is the Word, eternal God, who has passed through a long process to become the Spirit, the pneuma, the breath, that he might come into the believers. The accomplishment of God is eternal purpose. He took two steps. First one, he took the step of incarnation, become a man in the flesh. That one, John 1.14, has told us. To be the Lamb of God, to accomplish redemption for man. That one, John 1.29, has told us. To declare God to man. That one is in John 1.18. Now, this is the, right, the reason as why he became flesh. So, he came to declare God to man. He came to, uh, to, to be the lamb to accomplish redemption. Now, when we see that, also he came to manifest the Father to his believers because no one knew the Father. When you read John chapter 14, verses 9 to 11, he says, I have come and the Father is in me. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So, number two, the second step is that he took the step of death and resurrection to be the transfigured and to be uh, 
be transfigured into the spirit so that he may impart himself into his believers as their life and their everything to produce the church or his expression the expression of the triune God remember God had a purpose of coming into man whom he formed in his image so now the way has been made after resurrection God has now become a spirit is able to enter man who is a vessel, man who is an image. Now he enters and quickens our spirits. Then we begin to express the triune God in every aspect of our life. So therefore we see that through his incarnation, he, the eternal word, became flesh to accomplish redemption and in resurrection, he became the spirit to be our life. Remember, every creation requires life. The first creation, God came and breathed unto Adam. He became a living soul. In the second creation, which is the new creation, Christ has enters us. In the first, uh, in Genesis, God did not enter Adam when he just breathed the breath of life into him. In resurrection, in the second creation, which is the new creation, God enters man, be his life. Hallelujah. So, we see that he became the spirit to be our life and everything for the producing of the church. So, we need to be impressed with the fact that as the eternal word, Christ took the two steps of incarnation and resurrection. Praise the name of Jesus. And the first step was for redemption. And the second step was for life imparting. After redeeming us, he went on into the second step which is life imparting and after becoming flesh to be the lamb of God to shed his blood for our redemption he became in resurrection the life giving spirit for the purpose of imparting himself into us as life today Christ is our life and not many Christians have seen this clearly they are missing the power behind it and so we come to such a realization. And most believers realize that Christ only took the step of incarnation for the accomplishment of redemption. They don't see that in resurrection, he, the last Adam in the flesh, became the life-giving spirit in order to come into us to be our life. Most Christians believe that Jesus, when he ascended, he remained in the heavens. The scriptures don't say that say the scripture says that he went but he came also so you need to take your time to study the word of God to see such a light the gospel of John reveals both steps we have seen in John 1 the eternal word became flesh be the lamb of God that is in chapter 1 when you come to John chapter 20 this wonderful one Jesus took the step of resurrection become the life-giving spirit. And you see, when you read John 20, you see that when he breathed in unto them, it disappeared. They didn't know where he has gone. What does this imply? When he breathed into them, he was able even to enter them. That's why he disappeared after breathing on them. So, on the day of his resurrection, he came to the disciples, breathed himself into them as the spirit he entered into them as the spirit 
So as the last Adam in the flesh, Christ, through the process of death and resurrection, became became the life-giving spirit. It is the spirit that was breathed uh, into the disciples. So, it is as the spirit that is received into his believers and flows out of them as rivers of living water. Remember, he says that whoever is thirsty, that is in John chapter 7, verse 38, 39, come and drink. Whoever believes on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And the Bible says he was talking about the Spirit. He was about to give the Spirit. It is Jesus who gives the Spirit. And when resurrection he resurrected, he was able to give them the Spirit by breathing on them as the Spirit and he is now able to enter into them. Glory to God. So it is as the Spirit that he enters into us, as the Comforter and abides in us. When you read John chapter 14, verses 16 to 17, remember Jesus uh, says that, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he might abide with you forever. And he comes in verse 17 and says that even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. So by that time, the spirit was dwelling with them. But he promises he shall be, he shall be in them. So we see that it is as the spirit that he lives in the disciples and they live by him and with him. Even today we live by him. He lives in us as the, as the spirit. John chapter 14 verse 19 says, Yet a little while and the world sees me no more, but you see me. Because I live, it says you shall live also. It says the world does not see me, but you see me. Praise the name of Jesus. So, it is as the spirit he abides in his disciples and they abide in him. When you read John chapter 14 still, verses 20, it says that at that day, that is on the day of resurrection, you shall know that I am in my father and you are in me and I in you. You see, he now tells them that after resurrection because at that day simply means on the resurrection day. I'll be able, you know that now I am in the father and uh, you are in me and I am in you. How can he, Jesus, be in us except he has turned to become the spirit? So, you see now he has become the life-giving spirit. And remember what John 15.5 says? It says that Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So this Christ is not only one that is seated in the heavens. He is the one that is also abiding in you. And I think you need a, a abiding Christ than the Christ is only in the heavens. You need more 
this Christ who abides in you because he needs to be life to you and life supply and you need to experience that truth also so it is as the spirit that he, be, he comes with the father to the one who loves him and makes an abode with him remember John 14:23 says that uh, uh, when you read he says that uh, Jesus answered and said unto them him if a man love me he will keep my words my father will love him and then he says we will come unto him and make our abode with him so he comes as the spirit the father to live within us it is as the spirit that he makes all that he is and he has to be fully realized by the disciples remember John chapter 16 verses 13 Bible says that Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. Praise the name of Jesus. And he says, when we read, uh, continue reading from 13 to 16, he says that, shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. He says all things that the father has a mind therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. He says a little while and you shall not see me again. He says and again a little while and you shall see me. Because I go to the father he says you shall see me. Now all these scriptures they are trying to impress something that Christ has become the spirit that is now able to enter into us resurrection and in resurrection Christ is now such a wonderful life giving spirit this is the fulfillment of his promise that he promised them in John chapter 14 from 16 to 20 he kept on promising them I'm coming and I'll be with you he spoke a lot of promises there praise the name of Jesus so, uh, I want to stop there because I want you to uh, think about this one aspect we have seen that is uh, a life-giving spirit and I've spent enough minutes on it because it is so much confusing people and I've showed you scriptures to see and to have the same light that first in resurrection and then in the Lord in resurrection became the spirit but we have seen that the one that became flesh also became something else. He became life-giving spirit. Just as he became flesh. Because if you deny that he didn't become spirit, and him becoming flesh will not even benefit you. You need to know that he was in, with the Father as the eternal word, as the spirit still. Uh, then he becomes flesh, but he needs to become the last Adam coming the life-giving spirit to all that believe in him with such a truth this is going to be your liberty it's going to be your deliverance because you learn how to apply the Christ in you in every aspect of your life for your enjoyment and even for your experience glory to God may the Lord bless you this is Pastor Dennis until next time uh, bye bye